Welcome to Theme Park Shuffle. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Theme Park Shuffle. Uh, I am your current host, Jeremy Stein, who is back after uh, just a week or so ago as my two incredible co-hosts took over, David and Logan, with their awesome Christmas challenge. Guys, thank you for having me back after you absolutely knocked it out of the park. Logan and David, welcome to the Theme Park Shuffle. What's going on? I'm glad to uh, to have you back. I know you are a busy busy man a traveling man a man of the people social calendar booked so i'm happy you made time for us to uh to knock out the uh last episode of 2022 for the theme park shuffle and our best of episode so perfect one to come back to jeremy like year in review so here's what's so cool about this one is we're gonna all uh pick our favorite challenge or uh episode from previous or other hosts i should say and so we did a shuffle ahead of time so we're each tasked with picking our favorite challenge and logan was selected with picking his favorite challenge that david did i was selected with picking my favorite challenge that logan did and then david was selected as picking the favorite challenge that i had created this past year so before we dive in real quick, um, just I want to say happy holidays to you guys. Uh, I want to say happy new year. We did squeeze one in before the 31st, which I'm super proud <laughs> of. Appreciate you guys for that. Uh, did everybody have a really good uh, Christmas and holiday season here as we get into the new year? Uh, yeah, we had a good one. You know, family bouncing around like we always do. Um when you have a six-year-old, it's wonderful to see the holidays through their eyes. I know uh Logan has a child exactly the same age, give or take a few months as mine. So, uh, yeah, no, holidays were good. Uh, she had a blast, and that, therefore, we had a blast. Yeah, ho- holidays were uh, very eventful around this household as everyone was sick. So my entire family <laughs> was sick. Uh, yep. Still, I am still recovering myself. So as you hear me talking, I might sound a little out of breath or a little nasally. That is why. Uh, but all in all, a truly uh, wonderful Christmas where Santa did not disappoint. So that, that's a win. I love to hear that. And if you want to hear all about um, our first ever Christmas at Disney World, uh, you can definitely check out Main Street Magic. We're going to do a two-part episode on that. Uh, it was super cool, and I can't wait to share all those details. But let's get into our kind of best of 2022 And up first, Logan is going to present his absolute favorite challenge episode that David presented. Uh, We do not know which each of us selected to begin with. So let's go ahead and kick it off with Logan and his favorite David challenge of the year. I'm excited and nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that amazing intro, Jeremy. And uh, this was a no brainer for me um episode 18 new tomorrowland challenge part two where we marvelized tomorrowland and without a doubt david's in my humble opinion best (laughs) episode uh of theme park shuffle uh not only 
because it featured a Stark Industries re-theme of Stitch's Great Escape, uh, which itself was a re-theme of the extraterrestrial alien encounter. Terrifying. <laughs> so, so we managed to take an attraction that already has a complicated history, if you will, within the park, uh, but he turned it into something that would be a guaranteed hit if they actually went through with this. And it just, this particular episode also reinforced that when David has the time <laughs> to really put <laughs> into an episode, he knocks it out of the park, like triple grand slam <laughs> out of the park. It, it was amazing. So for me, hands down, without question, David's best episode of the year was this episode and this Stark Industries concept. Well, thank you. That one was one of my favorite ones. I felt like that one came, like the instant we started talking about doing Tomorrowland and all, I knew that one was what I wanted to do. And um, yeah, that one came together very well. And I that's one of the ones I've done that I would actually like like to see in person. Because a lot of the ones I do in though i know will never ever ever happen but but that one would be so freaking amazing to do i'm glad you picked that one i love it i agree completely let's uh let's go ahead and take a listen where i got this idea from i think this is even what started the conversation of us doing marvel is iron man 2 when tony's dad is giving him the speech and the videos and all he's got the giant full-size diorama behind him of stark expo and it looked like walt disney laying out tomorrowland which got me to thinking man you know if we could do this whole thing as a stark expo that would be kind of fun but i wasn't charged with you know designing all of tomorrowland i just got one thing so what i decided to do was to try to keep stitches great escape or alien whichever one you remember Alien being terrifying, Stitches, if you have a child. <laughs> I wanted to keep the ride, I'm sorry, the attraction kind of the same, but I wanted to overlay it with something very memorable. So I am turning it into Stark Industries. So when you walk up to the outside of the attraction, it's going to look very much like an Avengers building or like a Stark Industries sort of building. And I want a full-size, life-size statue of Tony Stark out front. He'll be in his Iron Man armor, but with his helmet off so you can see his face. And there's going to be a plaque that honors Tony for the sacrifice that he made to save Earth from Thanos. This ride takes place after the events of Endgame. So Iron Man, Tony Stark is gone. As you enter the queue, there's going to be monitors that will be playing highlights of all of Iron Man's best moments from the movies and all of his coolest suits and all of his, his, uh, his really good adventure. As you reach what was the introduction part where the jail sergeant was explaining to you what Stitch's uh, escape is, here we're going to have a big video screen with a full-size video of John Favreau as Happy Hogan and a full-size animatronic of Dumb E, which is Tony's dunce claw robot that helped him build the first ever Iron Man suit. There's going to be where the transport pod was that would show you a prisoner. There's also going to be an empty pod there that will be used soon. 
Happy is going to explain that Stark Industries felt that the best way to honor Tony was to make Stark Industries and all of Tony's genius available for a public tour. He states, this part is just the beginning of the tour. And after this, the new lead engineer for Stark Industries, Riri Williams, will show off Stark Industries' newest tech. For those of you who don't know, Riri Williams is going to be the star of Ironheart, which is going to be taking over the Iron Man place in the MCU. So I'm using this to connect the old MCU and the new MCU as just a love letter to Tony Stark. But before, let's take a look at some of Tony's history, Happy says. Happy asks Dummy to bring out the armor. Dummy moves over, pushes a button, smoke, lights, nothing happens. Happy says he understands why he was named Dummy. Dummy then hits the button again, more lights and smoke, and all of a sudden the Mark I armor raises up inside the pod. We're going to have a life-size actual set of the Mark I armor. Happy explains that this is the armor that Tony used to escape captivity, and this was the precursor for what would become, hit it, dummy. This time the Mark I armor drops out, and the very familiar red and gold armor rises up into the pod. Happy says, Iron Man. Dummy spins around in joy. Happy days. Happy days. Sorry, sorry. Happy says this concludes part of the tour. Thank you, autocorrect on the phone. Uh, make sure you have your security badges and please make your way into Riri's laboratory. You enter the theater and are seated in a circular pattern exactly like in Stitch. And the side monitors around the theater bring up videos of Riri welcoming you into her lab. She says she's been working hard to bring new inventions and upgrade to Stark's catalog of technology. But the pride and joy of her of her is her Ironheart armor. All of a sudden in the middle section where Stitch used to pop up, the Ironheart armor in full size raises up for everyone to see a full 360 degree view of it. Riri says her armor can be operated in person or by AI if you can't get to it. She says, let me show you. She attempts to make the armor wave, but it doesn't respond. The eyes briefly turn red and Riri says, oops, hold on. She fixes the problem at her keyboard and the armor begins to wave at everybody saying hello. She now, she says now she's going to show you and the screen starts to flicker a little bit where she was. Some of the weapons that the suit has, but don't worry, it's not actually armed for battle. The screen all of a sudden goes black and it's pitch black in the theater. A familiar robotic voice begins to slowly sing a creepy version of staying alive. Ultron pops up on all the monitors. Finally, I found my way back. Where is Stark? Riri pops up on the other screen. Ultron, how did you come back? This is my lab now and you need to leave. Ultron says, little girl, you think this is yours? The Ironheart armor moves with glowing red eyes. Its arms raise, pointing the blasters at the crowd. Riri quickly takes command of the armor and the arms move up just as the blasters fire, causing smoke and special effects to go off all around you while you're seated. Ultron says, I'm everywhere. I have control of more than the armor. Everyone's seats begin to vibrate and move, and you feel like you're being squeezed from behind. The armor's eyes again begin to glow, and the weapons take aim. Riri begins typing furiously and calling out, I need help in here. She says, I can remove Ultron from the mainframe, but I can't control my armor at the same time. Ultron says, you may remove me, but not before these tourists are obliterated. The armor begins to power fully up. The eyes are beat red and the weapons are pointed at everybody in the audience. 
Riri is furiously working to remove Ultron. She says, I got him. Right as the armor is getting ready to fire, everything goes black. The pod lights slowly raise and Dummy is in the pod with pieces of the armor laying around his feet. Riri says, I knew you were my favorite dummy and wishes you the great rest of the day in Tomorrowland. The end. Dude. Right? Like you were talking <laughs> about mine might have been one of your favorites. That may have been my favorite of yours. That was solid. That was absolutely that solid. That was such a great retheme of that attraction, utilizing everything that is good about the attraction and giving it that perfect Iron Man, Iron Heart overlay that, uh, I mean, everybody would get into that. That is mm -hmm. so easy to understand the story right from the get-go. I thought your setup with Dummy and Happy, I mean, gosh, that is, that is just gold right there. And the, the big surprise with Dummy at the end is such a great way to wrap it up. Having him as, as the hero in the end is fantastic that is so fun dude that is so when fun I, look what look what happens when you get like more than uh 15 minutes to work on an idea <laughs> hey i actually have days free now it's crazy i know like, by the I way congratulations was... again for those of you who, who you know don't know david is officially done with school officially paramedic he's full-fledged the paramedic. real deal so Congratulations, David. Thank you very much. It, it was worth um, taking a break from uh, <laughs> our podcast. Dude, I'm surprised I only missed one, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, when I was originally writing this, I was going to have Dummy like knock over the Mark One armor or just do something silly. And then I'm like, wait, what if I save him to the end and he knocks over the Ultron armor? And that's the big reveal. I was like, that would be... Even if you don't know who that is, you're going to get a giggle out of it because you saw him being silly at the beginning, and it's a, a pretty good callback. Absolutely. And it's hard. It's hard because the way that ride or that attraction is set up, you can't have like an animatronic of Riri doing anything. She has to be on a screen. I mean, that's that's the only way everybody's going to be able to kind of see what she's talked about and what's going on. So I needed someone at the end to be able to knock the armor down. I'm like, oh, dude, dummy can come back and do that as Riri works on the, the actual, like, you know, AI mainframe stuff. And it all ties, it all tied in together. So good. And I, I can just so picture, good. I could just picture like, as the armor's about to shoot and then the arms go up, it'd be so easy to do. I think they, heck, they probably did it anyway with stitch, just smoke and lights and mm -hmm. looking like you're getting shot at. And yep. I mean, it just, the way stitch and, and I actually was thinking more of Alien when I was doing it because I remember that being scary. It was as, terrifying, as, <laughs> absolutely terrifying. God. So, um, so yeah, man, I I was proud of this one. This one I enjoyed writing. And, Kudos, uh, brother. That's that's a one hundred. All right, there we go. There is Logan's favorite challenge of the year from David. Uh, I am now tasked to pick my favorite from Logan, which I got to be honest is not an easy task whatsoever. Uh, They're all so Logan, good. <laughs> Lo Logan is a genius. Uh, all of his challenges and his ideas are so well thought out. They're so well, um, you know, put together from beginning detail to end and storylines and everything, the way they match up. But 
I want to say this was easy, but it wasn't. But as I looked back, I think the absolute best thing that Logan has ever done throughout this entire theme park shuffle history is the Ipcot Challenge Part 3. Uh, this aired back in January of 2022 on the 13th. And this was the challenge where you had to take a pavilion inside of Epcot's World Showcase that currently does not have an IP. And you have to go ahead and put one in there with the design of the current pavilion. While it would have been easy for Logan to take Morocco and turn it into Aladdin, he completely switched everything and changed it to Columbia. He brings Encanto and the family Madrigal to Epcot. And this is honestly probably one of Logan's most detailed, incredible ideas he has had. This is another one of those that you sit back and when you listen to this, Logan walks you through every single detail and how it fits into the current pavilion. And a lot of times we'll do things where we can say, all right, you can tear it down, you can change it. He really takes the structures and everything that's already there and perfectly rethemes them, you know, down to um, retheming the actual uh, restaurants like Spice Road Table. He, my favorite part was the interactive playground and the gifts that you can get that will interact with the Madrigal house as you walk through this entire pavilion. And it just is one of those. I will say this when we're recording, I know you guys don't get to see the video. A lot of times when Logan is talking, I just close my eyes and I just can really imagine in my head what he's putting together and they fit so well. And when you listen to this, go through a walkthrough of the Moroccan pavilion and imagine this is Columbia and family Madrigal and you will not be disappointed. Uh, I think we, we, you know, if Lin-Manuel ever hears this, now we got a second shot, right? We're playing this again. That's right. That is something that I could see him taking to Disney and Imagineering and saying, look, this guy's got something. This is something that could happen and completely change the World Showcase as a whole with this one pavilion. And Logan, you absolutely knocked it out of the park with this one. It is my favorite thing you've ever done. Well, thank you very much, Jeremy. This is uh, this is also one of my favorite concepts um, ever, ever, ever. Uh, I really, really loved working on this idea and it was one that that kind of came to me and i couldn't stop thinking about it i just couldn't i uh, i was obsessed with it as much as i was obsessed with the encanto soundtrack when it came out and when the movie came out over the you know last christmas break um it was just phenomenal and it still is and i i actually can't wait to finish with this recording so i can go watch the the live at the holiday bowl oh goodness, on disney yes. plus Yes, I cannot wait to see this. And, and and again, you're going to get into all the details as we replay this clip, but everything you got into with, you know, Dos Arigatos and Spice Road Table and down to the, I just, seriously, this is awesome. Let's take a listen. Again, I got the Morocco Pavilion. And so uh, just so everybody knows, here's a little bit of history on the Morocco Pavilion because it's, it's pretty fascinating. So when Epcot opened on October 1st, 1982, the World Showcase featured nine pavilions, but Morocco was not one of them. Morocco was added in 1984 and was fully sponsored by the country's government, the only pavilion that was fully sponsored. So Disney has always owned 
the World Showcase pavilions. But prior to the pandemic, the restaurants and shops inside the Morocco pavilion were operated independently from Disney by the Marrakesh Moroccan Restaurant LLC. Now, post, well, I shouldn't say post pandemic, but now, <laughs> 2022, Disney has complete ownership. And um, in 2020, they started selling Aladdin merchandise inside the store, Souk Al Maghrib, before closing again for refurbishment. So you are probably thinking Aladdin is a no-brainer. That's too easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever thought that, you would be right <laughs> if this pavilion remained Morocco. Based on the layout of the pavilion, I think it is the perfect fit for the South American country of Colombia, a melting pot of Latin culture, music, dance, art, food, and biodiversity. It also happens to be the home of La Familia Madrigal. That's yes. right. Encanto <laughs> is coming to the World Showcase. So before I go any further, if you haven't already seen the movie Encanto, I would highly, 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 highly suggest watching it before listening to my retheme so you understand all the references and avoid any major spoilers. With that said, here is my vision. So currently on the waterfront outside of the main Morocco pavilion, you find the Spice Road table restaurant and bar, as well as the Souk Al Maghrib gift shop. So the exterior of these buildings will now resemble the architecture of the Colombian town named Encanto, including the large mural seen in the movie that features the entire Madrigal family members. So Spice Road Table is rethemed to Taberna de Mariposas. The theming is inspired by the song Dos Oroquitas, which tells the story of two caterpillars who build a cocoon together but must break down the walls of their home in order to transform into butterflies and go on their separate journeys. Uh, there's a lot more going on in that song. A lot of metaphors, great song. So good. If you have not listened to the Encanto soundtrack and downloaded it a million times to listen to, please go and do it right now. So good. Yeah. So this tavern specializes in Colombian food and drinks. The menu consists of small plates and the location provides a great place to sit down and enjoy Colombia's finest foods and alcoholic beverages indoors or under a covered patio. So Souk Al Maghrib gift shop is now called Encanto Regalos. So Encanto gifts. And this is the best part. This is where you can buy your exclusive gift that interacts with the Madrigal house. So examples of what you can buy are beautiful toy candles, doorknobs with your initial inscribed, brightly colored flowers, plush animals, or wearables like Colombian-inspired jewelry. The gift will be linked with your Disney World app and park ticket. And it also uses Bluetooth to interact with La Casa Madrigal, like the droids can do at Galaxy's Edge. So all gifts will have LED light and sound effects that respond differently to the environment. So 
after you've purchased your personalized gift, you are now ready to enter the three-story home of La Familia Madrigal as the family is preparing for another gift ceremony. And who knows, the ceremony might be for you. Strollers are not allowed inside La Casita, so you must park your stroller in the fenced area designated for valet donkey parking. The Moroccan courtyard, where you would find the iconic fountain located in the center is now enclosed by the exterior of the Madrigal home. And you know this is not your ordinary building because it is alive and parts are moving in sync with the energetic song, Colombia Mi Encanto, from the movie. You walk through the main doorway and where the fountain formerly stood is a circular tile pattern in the center of the family's roofless courtyard. So inspired, this area inspired by the experiential environments of Swiss Family Robinson's Treehouse, Tom Sawyer's Island, and Meow Wolf's House of Eternal Return, Omega Mart, and Convergence Station. The Morocco Pavilion is being transformed into a magical playground for kids and adults, where guests are encouraged to explore this house that's grounded in reality, but full of magic and surprises. So located on the right-hand side is where you would normally see Tangerine Cafe, but it is now the Madrigal family kitchen and dining room. You enter expecting to find a, a quick service restaurant, but instead you find yourself inside a magical kitchen that wants to interact with you. Using uniquely themed state-of-the-art self-service stations and conveyor tiles, guests can purchase coffees and Julieta's Buñuelas from the kitchen itself. So after spending more time in this room, you discover that nothing is what it appears to be on the outside. Upon closer examination, guests may find hidden portals that will take them to different rooms in the house that would otherwise be off limits. So connected to the kitchen is the Madrigal family's dining room. The room is festively decorated and a large mural of the Madrigal family tree is painted on the wall behind Abuela's seat. If you hold your gift up to the mural, Bruno's branch on the family tree will appear and disappear from the painting. So you get a little glimpse of him. So for now, I'm going to exit the kitchen and go across the courtyard where the Moroccan Gallery of Arts and History has been modified to the recreational area where you'll find comfortable seats, a vintage gramophone record player, and the family piano. If you hold your gift close to the gramophone or piano, it will start playing a variety of instrumental songs from the movie and start to dance with the nearby furniture. So once again, as you explore the room, the more you will find hidden portals that take you to other rooms. So we return to the center of the courtyard and look up to find all the Madrigal family's bedroom doors on the second floor. And the third floor features Abuela's bedroom window open and her candle is burning bright both day and night. To the left of that is the rooftop of Peppa and Felix's bedroom with a custom weather vane that moves as uncontrollably as Peppa's mood changes. And then towering to the right of Abuela's bedroom, you will find Bruno's tower, which is a rethemed version of the Moroccan minaret replica. So normally, 
you would pass through the Moroccan gates into the main bazaar of the Morocco pavilion. But that gate is now blocked by the interior architecture in this new design. And the bazaar is completely hidden from guest view. The only way to access the, those areas are to A, find the hidden portals in the lower level of the Madrigal home, or B, climb up the stairs to the second floor and use your gift to try and unlock some of the Madrigal family's bedrooms. Quick note, there will be elevators added for wheelchair accessibility. There you go. <laughs> like in the movie, the permanent stairs and elevators are going to be located in the corners of the courtyard. But once on the second floor, guests can walk past Mirabelle's nursery room, located directly above the main entrance to the pavilion. Now, you can't enter this space, but if you present your gift at the door, the room will greet you in a variety of funny ways. So if you're, so basically an animatronic room. So if you're standing outside of Mirabelle's room and look across the colonnaded hallway surrounding the central courtyard, you will see the other bedroom doors. You will find Dolores, Camilo, and Antonio on the left side, Isabella and Luisa on the right side. Directly across from Mirabelle is Abuela's room in the center with Peppa and Felix to the left, Julieta and Augustine to the right, and Bruno's room is tucked away in the far right corner. So let's start by traveling to the left. So both Dolores and Camilo's bedroom doors will activate when you hold your gift close to them. The internally lit sculpted doors pulsate with magic and each one creates a unique lighting effect and sound. So the real magic happens when you get to Antonio's room. So imagine if you merged the Swiss Family Robinson's Treehouse at Magic Kingdom with the indoor dining environment at San Angel Inn Restaurante inside the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. So this area will have that kind of appearance. So an indoor space, it will function as a play area as well as a small retail space where plush animals can be purchased. Much like the retail areas in Morocco's Bazaar, the intent is for the theming to seamlessly include the retail. So it doesn't look like a store, but an actual part of the experiential environment and immersive storytelling. So this indoor multi-story jungle play area will allow the whole family to climb up and down stairs that wrap around a massive tree, walk behind waterfalls, travel down small slides, and use your special gift to interact with animatronic birds, Antonio's Jaguar, and multiple capybaras. So as previously mentioned, this whole area is connected. So you'll find hidden pathways at ground level that transition thematically from, from one room to another. Now, let's leave Antonio's room and we're gonna go back to Mirabelle's room on the second floor. So if you travel to the right, we can activate Louisa's bedroom door with your gift or enter Isabella's room. So the first space in Isabella's room is covered floor to ceiling in pink, purple, magenta, and violet flowers. It functions as a retail area selling everything floral. So clothes, jewelry, handbags, etc. 
You can even have your photo taken in Isabella's hanging flower bed or next to her collection of topiaries and perfect practice poses. So if you have a gift, you will also find areas of this room where you can make flowers bloom just like Isabella. So as you continue to explore the room, you'll find floral arches that take you through a maze of diverse plant life that is both beautiful and dangerous. So these spiky and sometimes carnivorous flowers glow under UV lights and occasionally release a fog of different colors into the air. If we return to the second floor opposite Mirabelle's room, we can activate Peppa, Abuela, and Julieta's bedroom doors, then round the corner to find Bruno's unlit wooden door. After entering, guests walk through a fog screen of sand and then down a series of winding ramps to ground level. There, you'll see a sign with the message, your future awaits at the bottom of a staircase that weaves in and out of the winding ramps like an M.C. Escher drawing. You climb the staircase until you reach a cliff where you cross a rope bridge that takes you to a hallway filled with sculptural release of Bruno. You pass through a circular doorway and inside we find a round room with piles of sand and glowing pieces of broken glass buried underneath. On the perimeter of the room, you will find unbroken sheets of glowing green glass. If you have a gift, you can hold it close to the glass and reveal Bruno's hidden visions. And who knows, you might even see a vision featuring you. So as you continue to explore Bruno's room, you will find a narrow corridor that allows you to travel inside La Casita's walls. And as you pass by the different bedrooms, you can overhear conversations taking place in each room. So eventually you find Bruno's secret room filled with playful animatronic rats. Above Bruno's dinner table is a crack in the wall that allows you to see other guests who are exploring the Madrigal family dining room without them knowing you are there. Again, all these areas are connected and promote exploration and discovery. They'd also provide amazing selfie spots and make this pavilion the most photographed location in all of Epcot, hands down. Okay, so whew, I gotta take a breath. <laughs> Lastly, Restaurant Marrakesh, now rethemed as Restaurante Madrigal. Located in the very back of the pavilion. Now, unlike the previous design, where you had to walk through the Moroccan pavilion to find the restaurant. Now you follow an enclosed pathway along the side of the pavilion that is surrounded by wax palms and dense rainforest. So the path takes you directly to the patio entrance on the side of the Madrigal home. Now, let me clarify. This is not the same house that you explore inside the pavilion. So this is a completely rethemed version of the restaurant Marrakesh that resembles the Madrigal home, but provides a very different experience. To quote Abuela, welcome to Casa Madrigal, where the magic is strong and so are the drinks. 
<laughs> La Familia Madrigal invite you inside their home for a magical family-style dining experience. Enjoy South American delicacies and musical performances inside the setting of Casa Madrigal. So live performers portray Mirabel, Isabella, Bruno, and Abuela Ama as they walk around and interact with guests. This specially designed restaurant features modern Pepper's Ghost projections all along the second floor mezzanine, so it truly looks like the entire Madrigal family are there with you. Both the character actors on ground level and the animated family members on the second floor perform the famous songs from the Encanto movie at various times throughout your lunch and dinner. So watch in amazement as Isabella makes flowers grow all over the room while singing, what else can I do? Or marvel at how the drawers, floors, and doors inside the house dance along as Mirabelle performs the family madrigal. Projections on the ceiling also allow for dramatic and comical weather changes every time Peppa walks along the second floor, or when she and Felix start to sing the song, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no. And for the big finale, there is a magic door inside the restaurant that is waiting for one lucky kid to touch the doorknob and find out what gift they have inside themselves. So first, Bruno has a vision of which kid inside the restaurant has a gift. Then Mirabel escorts the lucky kid over to the door where Abuela is waiting with her candle. Abuela gives a short speech. The child promises to help his or her community with his or her gift and then touches the candle before walking over and touching the doorknob. The door will be completely LED and capable of animating into a unique door design that features the child in the center. While booking the dining reservation, parents who want their child to be considered for this experience must fill out a short survey that provides information about their child's unique skills and passions, which is then used to create the magical door design. So multiple children will be selected throughout the day, so it will truly be a surprise to both the children and their parents when they are selected. And that is the Colombia Pavilion, incorporating the most popular IP, in my opinion, Encanto. All right, next up and final, we've got David, who was unfortunate enough to shuffle <laughs> myself and pick no. his favorite challenge that I did this last year. And I will preface this by saying... Uh, you two are, are incredible. You're geniuses. You are very artistic in so many ways. Um, I'm very thankful to be a part of this with you guys. And I'm very interested to hear what you chose because I love doing this and I love to hear the feedback that other people give. Uh, David, what could you have possibly chosen that you enjoyed the most well, from me, myself here? <laughs> Well, anybody that knows you and, and knows anything about you knows your love of food. True. And I love when you get a hold of something and 
I can tell you think culinary first and can kind of like turn it around. And it's ironic that you said the one you said for Logan, because I also chose episode 11, the Epcot challenge for what you did to the America land and the world showcase. Um, I chose it for a few reasons. One, what you did with the food, the, the way America should be represented food wise at Epcot you absolutely knocked it out of the park. The second reason I chose it is you gave us two properties with this one. Uh, ironically, talking about Lin-Manuel, you turned the America story into basically an animatronic Hamilton, which, uh, phenomenal. It would, it would reinvigorate that to be more than just, hey, it's really hot outside. Let's go into the America story to get some air conditioned. It would be rewatchable. It would be exciting. It would be modern. I loved what you did with that. But then on top of that, you're giving me the bonus of the Muppets. The, the Muppets is one of the, I love the Muppets. It's such a great property and it's tucked away at Hollywood Studios, kind of, kind of hidden and, and to put it front and center at Epcot and to give the American pavilion, like a personality, like a modern personality, instead of just here's a brick building and all about 1776 and blah, blah, blah. The way you put a modern spin on it would make it truly a destination and not just the center point of the world showcase. And I loved it. So episode 11, Epcot challenge, uh, Jeremy's take on the American pavilion is my favorite. Well, thank you. That that's one of my favorites that I've done as well. Um, I actually just literally like two nights ago, sitting around, I was like, I don't know what to watch. I'm gonna put on Hamilton. So it's sure. definitely a go-to for me. Um, and yeah, I one of the things if we look forward to uh, 2023 and theme park shuffle, I would love to integrate more uh, opportunities for me to talk about food and create food. <laughs> it's definitely fun for me. So let's go ahead and take a listen. I've got to move on. Uh, down the road a little bit to the American Adventure, which, of course, I did select. Um, as I said earlier, this is a place that I just think needs better. It, it you know, I, I'm not going to really change the the time period in some senses a lot. Um, I, I do think that it's like we've got the American Pavilion and we've got Liberty Square at Magic Kingdom. <clears throat> you know, I, I honestly, I don't think we need an American Pavilion at World Showcase. I understand why it's there. It's kind of the midpoint, the anchor. Um, so I'm going to still keep it as the American adventure, but I'm going to change some things up. Uh, some of the things that will stay the same, the funnel cake stand, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, Block and Hans, you can go ahead and get your, your different kind of craft beers from around the United States there. So I like that idea. Um, the hops and barley booth for all the festivals. Uh, I really like that idea. When I go to re-theme uh, Regal Eagle in a little bit, I would like to see the rotation of this menu uh, just be small bites from the menu that's going to be inside of the the new kind of area I'm going to create. Um, and then, of course, the bar right outside of Regal Eagle is is still perfect for some good drinks and, and wine and beers and things like that. Um, as I start to go through and update a few things, uh, Fife and Drum will just get a minor update, and this is going to be a quick service barbecue area. Right now, it's really turkey legs, hot dogs, a um, couple beers. You can get the Hanson Brothers beer there during food and wine. Uh, we're going to change this to more of like pulled chicken and pork sandwiches. We'll still have our turkey leg, fries, craft beers from all around that differ over from, you know, Block and Han. So not a major upgrade, but you're still going to want some of your kind of 
quick barbecue in this area, and that's going to kind of go away in, in my later re-theme. Uh, the American Gardens Theater. Not really much wrong with that. I just want to change up the lineup a little bit through the festival. So Festival of the Arts, we're going to get local bands from around the Orlando and Central Florida area playing original music. You know, they can do two, three nights, couple shows a night, really showcase some of the local talent, the way that they're showcasing local artists with their actual, you know, art and paintings, drawings throughout. We get to Flower and Garden. We're going to feature bands from the 60s and 70s. The bands that are still around and still functioning, as well as cover bands covering some of the biggest hits from the 60s and 70s. I think when they were doing the um, Guardians of the Galaxy concert there, you know, it's we're pretty much year round festival. We have a week to two weeks between festivals now. So there's not a lot of downtime to include a whole Guardian show. But the music that's presented in volume one and volume two of the Guardians of the Galaxy would fit very well here. We get to food and wine. Uh, and it's kind of this way now, but we're going to go from bands from the 80s into the early 2000s. Again, if that band is still around, we bring them in. If not, it is going to be cover bands playing some of the hits to kind of fill in the spaces. And then for Festival of the Holidays, we are sticking with Candlelight Processional. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, just get back Neil Patrick Harris, Gary Sinise, some of those guys that were not able to make it this year as they relaunched it. So next we're going to go to the one attraction that is in the American adventure. Um, now I know I'd kind of run some, some things past you guys. I'm technically using two IPs, although I don't know if this one is legally considered a Disney IP, even though they own the rights to the uh, film that is on Disney plus. And we are going to change up a little bit about the American adventure. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to get rid of the audio animatronics. We're going to update them because they're going to need it for what I want to present. First of all, if you've never seen this show, it is an absolute feat in theme park, audio animatronics, stage shows, storytelling, sound. I mean, any anytime I watch it, I'm still like, wait, how did something just come up on that stage where something else was just left? Like, it's just absolutely incredible. So. What we're going to do is we're going to keep the same theme of Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain are basically our guides through this journey of America's history. And, you know, we're we're really starting all the way off of the pilgrims and America's shores and Columbus coming and, and all of that. And we're going to go all the way through modern day as we go through this basically half hour show. Um, so much of the storytelling and all is not going to change. What's going to majorly change is that our buddy Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to come in and rewrite the entire story in the theme of Hand Hamilton as a full musical. So every single story that is told as we go through uh, Columbus and the Pilgrims up to George Washington, we get into even Hamilton. We could probably pull some of the songs from the Hamilton you know, Broadway show we're going to tell all of these in only that way that Lin-Manuel can. Uh, it's going to include updated animatronics that will be able to pull off these songs, as well as live action uh, dancers and performers that surround. And again, if you have seen Hamilton, you'll know the full stage production that this is. So they're going to be able to come in, interact with kind of the animatronics to, you know, really bring it to life. And what 
what I think works really well is a lot of this show is projections on this 72 foot screen with different animations and drawings and, you know, photos. And so we can still include all that, but with this incredible hip hop soundtrack in the background, because as much as I really do enjoy the American adventure show as it stands, the telling of it is boring as all get out. It's basically <laughs> sitting in a history class. I have never been so interested in history and our founding fathers than watching Hamilton. Like literally everything I know about them probably comes from that musical Broadway show. So I think this is something that can actually bring new generations in to really learn about America's history and, you know, the forefathers all the way up to modern day. Um, currently the show comes up to an ending kind of montage that goes all the way through the September 11th terrorist attacks. We can certainly take the past 20 years and add again. I, I want that, that ending scene to still be an overall montage. Like we don't want to give as much focus to the original just setting up of America and coming through and building the structure and the colonies and the States and all of that. But we still want to include some of the history and especially the things that have happened in the past 20 years and, Lin-Manuel having an opportunity to write that first of all I'm sure he'd be on board for it I mean he had a blast doing Hamilton and his interest in Hamilton and all of that and writing this thing um neither of you have seen it correct that is correct okay in Hamilton Ooh. yeah <laughs> oh I've seen Hamilton a hundred times oh you have okay I thought you had said you had yeah. not all right no, so just Logan me. is not dude you so David see hasn't it. seen Encanto. Yep. I haven't seen Hamilton. Here, here's what I'll I'll say, Logan. Even if you're not into just say the style or the hip hop or whatever, I know you. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, well, well, I know uh, you got to watch it. Hip-hop. You will appreciate. Well, you will appreciate more than anything the choreography, the setup, the stage presentation. The I mean, it's an absolute just marvel of Broadway show. Um, and I was never really into musicals or Broadway shows outside of like cheesy disney channel ones you know what i mean but <laughs> i mean this thing is an absolute masterpiece from beginning to end and i definitely think if you go through and you watch it you will see how perfectly that would fit in here um where i really do think that people would come back and see it again and again M- the majority of people aren't sitting for a half hour multiple times <laughs> during a trip or multiple trips to see this show you know, as impressive as it is with what they pulled off with the animatronics and the stage and, and all this, you don't want to go back. I've seen it once in person. And the second time I saw it was today when I watched a full YouTube video of it just to go back through <laughs> and kind of, you know, hash out my ideas. And it's not because it's not good. It's just boring. It's history class. So I think bringing yeah. fresh life to it could really make a change. But we're still keeping the theme of what the American pavilion and the American adventure is, which is a history lesson and going actually through some of the comments on YouTube of the video I watched. Uh, there are a lot of people from overseas that were like, they love the show and they love the pride that Americans have in our history and the way that they're telling it in this attraction. So I think that would just be such a cool thing to do. I would go watch it every time, especially if they could allow you to like get a beer from Block and Hans and then walk in and have your beer and watch the show. Um, there's still like no indoor queue beers that have been brought back. So you can't do it right now. But finally, I put some focus uh, on the restaurant Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Um, 
don't know if you guys have eaten there. It's it's not bad, but it's you know, I mean, it's kind of that uh, theme park take on on barbecue. I think it's certainly better than Flame Tree, um, but like it's nowhere <laughs> near a polite pig. You know, I think they should have actually gotten the guys from Polite Pig to come in and say, we want you to open a restaurant inside of, you know, the American Pavilion. Um, so what we're going to do here is we are going to retheme this as a sit down restaurant and change the name to the Muppets Take America. Yes. Um, I mean, I can't like I can't think and this is where I'm considering my true IP. I, you know, I can't think of anything better than the Muppets, what they did at Liberty Square with the show unbelievable um the muppets are have been trying to make this resurgence for so long and and for whatever reason they're not hitting it i've always claimed not to offend a younger generation i just don't think they get it in some ways i don't know that they're smart enough to understand the humor of the muppets if that makes sense (laughs) um so I would love to see them come back. <laughs> this is not the, the, it's not the view of all hosts. It's yeah. not representative of the view <laughs> of theme go. park shuffle or theme park cards. That's perfect. <laughs> um, so you are going to walk in. This is going to now be an all new reimagined sit down restaurant. And you're going to walk in. You're going to be greeted by Statler and Waldorf, who are the hosts. And, you know, basically who are going to take your name. These will be puppets that are armed. And this is where I always am like, Logan, you can tell me later if this stuff works or not, who, you know, they're actual <laughs> puppets that will be able to be, you know, manipulated by cast members and actually respond with you and take down your name and, and your party and put you on a list. Or if you have a reservation uh, during this whole time, of course, there's going to be some wonderful uh, banter back and forth. I'm almost thinking, again, we're at Disney and, and they're Muppets, but I think of the type of interaction you get at like a Dick's Last Resort mm-hmm. uh, restaurant. Obviously, we're not going to that foul level, but I think of that type <laughs> of interaction where, you know, it really is kind of like a show. Um, I mean, shoot, hoop de doo Review is very much that way. Yeah. Um, so you could do something like that. Uh, throughout there, there will be some different walk-around Muppet characters, ones that do have like full legs that walk around and, you know, can have somebody in a suit and all. Uh, There'll be lots of puns, of course, and and Muppet humor. Um, The difference here is we're going to have several themed dining rooms and you will be placed into one of the themed dining rooms. And I've got here one, two, how many did I end up with? Four. So your first dining room, and I want to represent different areas of America and focus on their cuisine. Um, so the first one is going to be a Northeast style representation, but the dining room will be themed alongside New York city, basically. So you're going to look like you're at kind of a, a inside New York city, you're inside outside space, you know, um, where you're maybe outside. Technically it looks like of a restaurant dining at tables right there on the sidewalk in the middle of the city, um, in some eclectic little areas. And with each area, they're going to have overhead music that is hosted by a different Muppet that you'll kind of hear in the background. Um, So they'll be playing music and then you'll hear the Muppet come through and talk about different things. For this one, it would be Sam Eagle, who's who you would hear in there. This is going to feature different Northeast style foods from New York, New Jersey, pizza, pasta, deli sandwiches, cannolis. Um, If you go up into more of the New England area, we can get things like clam chowder fresh crab and lobster dishes. Um, by the way, 
the chefs and all are going to hate me for this idea because they're yeah. going to have a lot of different things to prepare. This is going to be like the um, uh, Cheesecake Factory menu, you know, but at Disney, <laughs> that thing's like an inch thick. So New York City is the first one. The next one is going to be themed after the French Quarter, and this is going to have a lot of the Southeast foods that a lot of us know. So this is going to be hosted by Gonzo and Pepe. Um, because we're gonna, yes. there's gonna be lots of shrimp and all. So let's go ahead yep, and get yep. a prawn in there, right? So this will feature <laughs> more uh, upscale style barbecue, not the stuff that's out at you know Fife and Drum. That's a lot more of that quick service barbecue. We can still utilize and actually use the smoker that's outside of Regal Eagle, which is currently only being used for show. So they just pump some smoke through there and pretend like they're actually cooking. Um, then we're gonna feature things like shrimp and grits, fresh fish. Po'boys, Etouffee, and Jambalaya, all those types of things from the New Orleans-style area, so you can really start to get a taste of what the South has to offer. Next, we're going to represent kind of Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and we're going to have an Alamo-themed room. All after the Alamo, and this one, just because I want him in here somewhere, is going to be hosted by Fonzie Bear. And maybe even every once in a while, he performs a little set, uh, lots of good Alamo puns and, and jokes and, and things like that. This, of course, will feature Tex-Mex, uh, Texas-style barbecue, and big old steaks cooked right over an open flame in the kitchen. And this is the one that you'll actually be able to see the open kitchen as they're preparing these foods. And then finally, we want to go ahead and represent the West Coast and the Northwest. And this is going to have a theme of a Californian beachside cafe. And this one will be hosted by Kermit and Miss Piggy. Um, she's out on the West Coast in California doing her whole superstar, you know, acting thing. Uh, this will be heavily influenced by fresh seafood, um, tacos, you know, like fish tacos. And then something I never realized until I was visiting there every year is that Portland has a huge Hawaiian uh, influence. And so this will feature a lot of different Hawaiian foods as well. So basically the American pavilion as a whole, and especially this restaurant, I just want to actually encompass the flavors and the taste of America, as opposed to being stuck in kind of a 1776 America when we already have Liberty Square. So we're not changing much with kind of the elements and the facades and the outside portion, but really the restaurant is where I want people to come, especially from other cultures and really experience what it's like, because I feel like right now, um, if you don't know American food, you come from other cultures and you're like, okay, hamburgers, hot dogs, and cheap barbecue. Like that's all America has to offer. And when you think about it, um, as much as I love the cuisines of other countries, a lot of them are specific to that country because they created it. They've been around a lot longer often. And America actually celebrates these cuisines from all over the place. We've created a lot of our own. And so I just think being able to kind of um, celebrate that in this restaurant would be so cool. Plus you get the Muppets and who doesn't want that? Yeah. So that is my right. American uh, pavilion retheme and idea. All right. Well, there we go. That is our year in review, our best of 2022. And that, that's only like, I think it's just the tip of the iceberg because we had a lot of great ideas this past year, I think. And we've got a lot of cool ideas coming in 2023. Um, if I were to throw out something, I know I just talked about food prior to that clip. 
Uh, that's kind of my favorite thing to do. David, what's one of your maybe favorite like types of challenges that you look forward to? I tell you one thing we've talked about that we haven't gotten into, and uh, I've thought about it a lot. I want to do a resort. Yes. I want to do like okay. a hotel. Yeah. Uh, I think the Star Wars one is just the tip of the iceberg of what can be done with like a Disney hotel. Yeah. And I think it'd be, I think all of us, if we could get our claws in into a resort and maybe not even specifically a Disney IP, maybe, a you know, Universal or something, I think that could be a blast. And I look forward to doing something like that. I love that idea. Logan, if there's like a specific, just say, idea or challenge you want to be, uh, you know, tasked with this year, what are you thinking? Well, this is one of the original ones I had listed as a challenge for us, and we still yet to do it. And that is simply a video game IP, all video game IP. The entire episode is nothing but video game sure. IP. I mean, so that's that, be so fun. That would be the one, one of the ones on top of the hotel one or resort one that David mentioned. Uh, and obviously, like you mentioned, Jeremy, bring on more, more culinary, more food, more <laughs> bar. You know, let's go back to our roots and and do another a round of bars. Uh, Heck yeah. Like David How fun said, were those? instead of uh, instead of Disney, maybe we'll do a round of Universal bars or some oh, like somewhere it. else. That's not even one of the main two maybe so we'll see we'll get a little crazy uh, i think also um it would be nice for us to uh break outside of orlando more in regards to the attractions that we are referencing uh or in the parks that we're researching so i i think uh, it's time to to broaden our audience definitely yeah, I, I think that sounds outstanding. I like the idea, too, of um, bringing in some guests, which I know we've always been looking at. And, uh, yeah, just continuing this because it's so much fun. Uh, I appreciate you guys very, very much. This has been a blast. I feel like, as always, David, who is the master of outros, is going to take us out of 2022. He's going to lead us into 2023, which is only just a few short days away. David, hit him with what you got. I am the Pied Piper of outros. I will play you a tune and everyone follow me boldly forward into 2023. But in all honesty, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Theme Park Shuffle. Um, we genuinely enjoy speaking to each other and the fact that you guys get to like kind of hang out and listen to how we would talk around the table uh, is fun. Doing this is fun. I think that's the main word that goes with this podcast. It was very interesting for us to all talk about our own things, but I would love to hear what some of you guys thought were our, were your favorites. Throw a post up on Main Street Magic or or any of the socials and just let us know. What is your favorite ones that we've done? What's your least favorite one that we've done? What do you want us to do in 2023? Interact with us. We love it. We'd love to hear you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening this year. I look forward to 2023. It's going to be a good one. Stick with us. We got big things coming. So for me, David, and for Jeremy, peace out. Logan. Thank you all so much, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for everything, and we are out of here.